0: Coming up next, a conversation panel uh, that is moderated by Krista Raymer of Trina Group, Mackenzie Ferguson from Verda, and Albert Kim from Greenline POS, talking about driving compliance, efficiency, and profit through retail tech. This is really a follow-on conversation from our cannabis and tech retail tech conversation in April 2020. However, lots has happened, certainly in the Canadian landscape between then and now not only about what's allowed in stores and out of stores, but also uh, how consumers think about buying product online. So enjoy this conversation. Krista Raymer, the moderator, Mackenzie Ferguson from Verda, and Albert Kim of Greenline.
1: Hi, Mackenzie. Hi, Albert. Thanks for joining me today.
2: Hey, Christophe.
1: I think we can get right into it. I have a question right off the bat, um, and it's something that we see all the time with retailers starting to fall down at the beginning. It's a really overwhelming process. Um, So where do you think that your role with operating tech platforms that leverages the best relationships with retailers positions yourselves with that retailer as they are getting the doors open.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I can go, I can go first. Uh, At Greenline, uh, we're a Canadian cannabis retail uh, point of sale system. We really uh, take pride in making all procedures accessible for people, for stores of really all sizes and all skill levels. Um, One of the things uh, that we take uh, again a lot of pride in is when there's a new store coming in and they don't they have not run a retail store before simply by the process of of choosing a cannabis point-of-sale system there is a like an implicit operating system there like once you start using it you know that there you need an employee who does this you need an employee who does that and you as a as the business owner you need to look at a certain types of key metrics um, and so yeah I, I feel that having that standard operating procedure is best for is best for obviously all stores but if you don't really have that in place you can rely on your technology to give you some solid guidelines on where to go
1: what do you think some of those like key metrics are uh when working with retailers
0: um yeah so there are a lot of standard metrics like you want to look at your sales you want to look at your inventory how old your inventory is and um like what thresholds they're at like whether they're really at a a low stock level so you need to reorder um, so, um, I think business owners are already pretty pretty familiar familiar with that. Um, I'd be I'd be looking at some other metrics that are not necessarily concrete numbers, right? So some things like how well can the business operate without you <laughs> is a is a really key factor when you're when you're trying to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, like yeah, I would highly recommend business owners pay attention to to that, right? Like if you're away for a week. Do your managers have all the systems in place and how effectively can they get the inventory work done, the sales reporting done, um, and how effectively can you understand understand that? Because once you're there, you can start opening your, your next doors and that's really in everyone's best interest.
1: So Mackenzie, to feed off of that, if, if you're a manager and you're walking out of the doors, how important does your platform or what role does your platform play in creating that relationship with the customer still?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, here at Verda, we're building the simplest e-commerce platform. That's our tagline. We want to make it completely streamlined and completely simple for everybody. And we just launched a new system, which is going to, uh, really, really streamline that. So, As an e-commerce provider, our biggest uh, thing to be working with retailers on is that kind of optimization aspect of their conversion rates. And Albert, you were talking a little bit about some of the KPIs and really driving that uh, customer success. And some of these more uh, qualitative things rather than quantitative things um, are gonna be super important. Like, are your customers actually enjoying their online experience? This is something that you can measure a little bit easier in store, but online, it gets a lot trickier. So um, that's something that you really have to be looking for. And it's something that we play a big role in actually helping you figure it out. Right.
1: How do you measure it?
2: Yeah. So that's (laughs) a great question. So a lot of it is actually watching uh, user flows and watching users actually interact with the platform. So are they getting frustrated at certain points, right? Are they actually going completely to front to end on the system? How many clicks do you have? right? It's all of these little things that will compound into a bad user experience. And there's also a lot of software on our end that we'll use to actually help you guys and give you guys insights on how your software is going to be working and how your customers are engaging with the products you have listed, where you should be listing things, um, and just general insights like that.
1: I think that there is a huge opportunity, both when thinking about uh, running a retail business in terms of flow for your staff, and flow for your customers and, and understanding and identifying what each of those needs are. And how do you do that with a POS system? Cause I know like when I've worked in a retail environment that POS can be a real kind of pain point in that interaction and create stress for both the staff member as well as for um, the customer. So what role do you think you play in helping leverage those relationships?
0: Yeah, um, from the start, we knew uh, that when we we're building Greenline uh, in early legalization, we knew that all of our customers would be brand new, like all of the employees would be brand new, they'd be probably uh, brand new to the cannabis retail setting. Um, so we... We understood what the what the main flows were. So there there are a couple of different user groups, right? Whether you're the owner, you're the manager, or you're the bud tender, and each of them have very clear objectives that they're trying to reach. As a bud tender, you're trying to achieve sales with as little friction as possible. So the the fewer options you have, the fewer things you that that get in your way. Um, you you would just you just understand. You can also train new bud tenders very quickly. Um, so that was our goal for for bud tenders and for store managers. We wanted that all the inventory operations to be. Um, to be really uh, fast and reliable. So, like at a glance, in our system, you can see all of the inventory at all of your different locations. If you're, um, you know, like a centrally run, a multi-store location or a franchise, and it just, it helps you make decisions, decisions really quickly, right? What do I need to order? What am I low on? Um, do I have to move inventory between between two locations that I have? And for store owners, they're looking for a sense of confidence in their business. Uh, they're looking for a sense of understanding. Um, so that's where that's where our r- reports would really come in, and that's where our compliance would come in. As a store, as a store owner, um, you would know how much money you are making, obviously. But if your compliance reports are going really well, um, that's like um, that's a really good indicator that the rest of your business is is flowing uh, is flowing really well. So yeah, we focus on these on these types of user groups and help them achieve their objective as fast as possible.
1: I think that that we are in a position now with having stores that have um extensive amounts of time is being open that are sitting on inventory and for me like inventory i'm really interested in making sure that we are operating stores that are not carrying too much inventory that isn't moving and that we're conscious of how quickly inventory is moving over whether that is actually in the store how it's displayed or um revenue coming out of the store mckenzie What have you noticed or what are there any patterns or shifts and changes in terms of inventory strategies as a whole from a tech partner you've seen um, over the last maybe six months?
2: Yeah so a really great question because we were initially launched a pilot to really try to get a great insight on how users are interacting with products what sells what doesn't sell Um, and one of the biggest things is we that we notice is users don't want to see every product right away they get extremely overwhelmed. And we had that on our old system. And with the new one, we actually completely changed it to have it collection focused. And so one of the things is, is a retailer can actually pick which products they want to feature right away, which will let retailers actually get live feedback on what's selling. If something you're featuring is uh, not selling through, that's probably a bad sign.
0: Right, that's a, Such a strong point, Mackenzie, I just want to want to add to that, because um, early on when there were much, much fewer skews for retailer for retail stores to advertise, um, they were able to get away with you know just TV menus or that just kind of listed everything in, in a table yeah. form. Uh, and I think what people are realizing is exactly as Mackenzie said, customers don't want to see everything at once. Even I get overwhelmed when I walk into a local cannabis store here in Vancouver and and like you know, I look at the shelf, there's so many products, I look at the t v and like I don't know what to look at, right, even when I go to a rest- a restaurant, ideally, there's no more than five options that I can just kind of kind of pick from right um so yeah like that's a that's a big shift happening in the in the industry, just the realization that the the customer selection choice it does need to be more guided uh and it and it helps both the store and the customer
1: yeah, I think that like when we think about old restaurant menus maybe from like 10 years ago and you'd sit down and you'd get this huge menu with hundreds of options and you end up sitting there looking at it forever. Well, what? how does that translate to the experience in the store if you're a customer? So one, you need to spend a lot of time trying to understand one, how the menu is or- organized and two, what all of the products even are. And then the team members need to also be able to know all of that information. And so to feed back and say your inventory piece as well as that customer experience piece, we know that people really only can consume information in sets of three and maybe five. Um, and so how has that maybe guided some of the decisions that you have um, input into your systems to help kind of speed up that learning curve for both the people that are working in the store as well as for customers?
2: Um, yeah. So I can- Take that one right away, yeah. (laughs) So that's why, that's one of the reasons, I guess that's uh, the end result data that you see, right, is the three to five metric, really. And that's what we kind of built in foundationally to the platform. Users are only going to see between two, maybe to five products within a collection featured right away. And so that's really going to help it with a little bit of uh, the problem that we are trying to solve here is the product matching problem. Right. You want to get a user to the product that they want as fast as possible. Right. And so in store, a lot of the times you go up to the, the cashier, or the butt tender. Right. And they and you talk to them and say, hey, I like this Indica. Right. What's something similar? And they usually give you maybe something that's not selling as well. Right. Or something that is kind of in that that realm. And that's something we want to recreate online as closely as possible. Right? And so we're really trying to mimic that experience online. And so that's what we're doing with our collections feature and being able to pass that to the retailer to say, hey, you can control what's there um, and you can actually play around with it and see what works and what doesn't.
0: Yeah. Robert? Uh, from, our, from our point of view, uh, we want to connect, our, our goal is to really connect to these different technology services that can give the retailers uh, that, uh, that kind of power, right? Like the power to understand and the power to display that info. Um, So like when uh, with our integration with Verta, we really help stores achieve that uh, in the e-commerce platform. When it comes to understanding inventory, um, we have our our, our reports, our sales and our inventory reports. But um, if you want to go a lot further, we integrate with services with business intelligence services such as Headset that really give um, um, store owners the ability to slice and dice the data. They need to also compare it with just industry standards across the province and across the country. Um, So yeah, we see ourselves as being just a central part in helping uh, these different platforms give stores the value they need.
1: I think for a long time, probably because of regulations and um, compliance, people were thinking about the physical space as being one thing and their online presence as another, and maybe investing in the physical space and kind of leaving the online presence um, as an option for customers to explore that they exist. How do you think that that relationship moving forwards um, play or what, how do we think we connect those better? Um, I would like to see retail environments and online presence be mutually reaffirming. And so maybe where do we think that that's going?
2: Yeah, so, um, well, we've seen it happen in other industries, right? The example that always comes to my mind is H&M um so I, you used to go into a store right and like interact look around with different products right and maybe buy something right and then everything started shifting online now i only order products online similar with amazon and books and expanding into new new verticals as well um but the same thing is going to happen with cannabis and and you really have to um create that similar experience between the in-store um Uh, what's happening in store, how your bud tenders talk about products, right? What the feel of it is, right? And that translates not just to your e-commerce, but your website as a whole, right? And not just your website, your branding, right? And everything has to be super uniform or else customers are going to get confused. And at the end of the day, um, right now, it might not be a huge issue as there's uh, I guess, an abundance in the market right now. But as soon as we get to a more competitive landscape, the ones that are going to be succeeding are the ones that create that uniform experience,
0: yeah, um, the cannabis industry is really early stages for for everything e-commerce related. But if we're looking five, ten years down the line, it's very clear where we're going to end up. Uh, I have hopes. I have hopes for the industry as well. I am hoping for full e-commerce across the board. I do imagine there will be some form of private deliveries that are eventually allowed. And really, once those pieces are in, like we're we're neck and neck with uh, with every other retail industry. Um, with with that like compliance piece uh, really added added on top, um, so yeah, look, uh, we know we know where things are headed, but in the short term, there, stores do have to prepare for that transition. It's just a little spotty across the different provinces, right? So we had uh, earlier earlier this year when um, when COVID hit hit Ontario, Ontario um, re- really opened that whole all the floodgates. Mm -hmm. Um, For click and collect for online payments for delivery for curbside pickup. Unfortunately that got closed down and it doesn't seem like that's opening up uh, this this year. So there will be ups and downs, but we know what stores have to be prepared for and I'm and I totally agree with Mackenzie that we need consistency um, across the board it's going to be harder to achieve than um, a lot of store owners might be thinking.
1: I think consistency is one of those topics that is so difficult to talk about because it means so many different things for different people. Um, And both being in the industry, I'm sure you have a lot of experience going into retail stores. So I'm wondering maybe if you can tell me like a friction point um, that you've had while being in a retailer where you're like, we could optimize this experience. One of mine is I went into a retailer and did an order on a tablet and, and then made the payment, left the store. And I was already in an Uber home when I got a notification that my order was ready. And it's just one of those moments where you're like, I was, I was ready 10 minutes ago. Like this is so far, but delayed. And those little friction points can be an indication of a lot more that's going on. So maybe do you have each have an example of a friction point in a retailer where you're like focusing on something like that?
2: hmm. Um, yeah, I can take it. Um, so I remember right when a store opened uh, here in my area of Waterloo, Ontario, um, I went into the store and I actually had pre-ordered online for pickup. And, um, what ended up happening was I placed my order online and it was opening day. Um, so I guess definitely very busy, but, um, there, they didn't have a separate express line for their pickup. And so I was stuck actually in the store with a pickup order placed, not paid for, waiting in the exact same line that everybody else was, which means why, why do you even have a pickup system if you're not going to prioritize those orders and get those people in and out of the door, right? It's little aspects like that that are going to be huge and really start to compound in terms of end user experience.
0: Yeah. Um, from my end, I, I'd like to focus a little on the more on the on the store operational uh, consistency side. Um, consistency is really important. It ends up with that con- with those consistent compliance reports at the end of the day. As a store owner, I think that should be your number one focus because as a side benefit, you get a lot of efficiency. You can also just increase profitability that way, right? You can really reduce uh, uh, operational operational inefficiencies. Um, we find that the the single best thing stores can do is simply to count their inventory often. We set up, we kind of give out our a rule of thumb of you should do a full store inventory count once a week. Uh, and depending on the size and the volume of your store, you might have to do it every single day or at least a section of your inventory every day. And as, as a store owner, it helps you have consistency in your inventory, in your inventory reports and just your peace of mind, knowing that the next month you'll be fine, that your store managers won't be coming up with um, you know, coming up to you as the boss with fires at the first mo- first week of every month?
1: Well, I think you've identified exactly the impact operationally. And I hear, well, if I can do click and collect, and as a customer, I could be selecting inventory that isn't live, like there, there is no option there. So what happens when you let the customer down like that? And um, there's nothing more disappointing than if you take the time out of your day to go to a retail store to pick something up. And it's not there when you've been led to believe that it will be ready for you. So there is the operational piece, which impacts your revenue in the business and your ability to stay within compliance. And then there is the customer impact, which really generally is impactful both at terms of revenue, but also when customers are sharing positive feedback about their experiences in your retail store. Like, everybody knows that when someone has a really horrible experience at a store, they tell a lot more people than when they have a really positive experience. So we're always working with retailers to make sure that they're focusing on driving the best experience out of the the gate so that they can build that traction with a customer. So when I'm thinking... Um, sales specifically, I know that when we get the right tech partners in with the right retailers, we often see a lift in sales. Um, why do you think that that is?
0: Hmm. Go for it. Yeah, um, I well, I don't have I don't actually have like the an, an obvious answer to that. Uh, I would like to believe that it's that when the team, when the management and the bud tender team feels more confident in what they are doing, it shows to the to the customer. And as a customer, if I go into a store, I do want, um, I can feel that, like whether it's explicit or implicit, I do know how confident people are. And like when I see team, when I see, you know, bud tenders moving around and like, they know what they're doing, they're getting back to me on a timely manner uh, that, that makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. And I'm more likely to come back. It's their confidence rubs off on my confidence.
1: Access to information, like is a huge, huge player or role in terms of building that confidence. So if you can have the information at your fingertips as a team member who works in the store, that's it's that it's reliable for staff. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, uh, I guess to build off of that a bit. Um, so that's a I guess, really touching on, I guess, the training aspect and how it relates to like e-commerce. Um, Albert, you're completely right. Training is one of the biggest pillars in terms of making sure that people are comfortable working with their e-commerce because if one staff member messes up, right, then the whole experience for that user is maybe not ruined, but it's not how great it can be. And so that's one of the things we really focus, focus on is making sure that uh, all the staff are completely trained and we actually do our first training sessions, we'll train any new staff that come in as well uh, to make sure that everybody is more than up to speed on what to do. And that confidence, you're completely right Albert, it really does show. And particularly when somebody is able to process an order really quickly, um, uh, an online order really quickly, that frees them up to have more time in store to work with the customers in store. And so that's gonna be a little thing that starts to compound a lot. But I think one of the biggest, uh, I guess, components of rising sales with good tech partners, at least on the e-commerce side, is really um, having a tech partner that works directly with you to increase your sales. You don't need somebody that's gonna give you some software and just walk away. Um, a lot of the time you're already way too busy to think about adding a whole nother um, ecosystem, I guess, to your sales uh, to your sales mix. And so it's it's, it's a difficult thing to focus on. And that's one of the things that we do at Verda is making sure that we provide marketing materials, making sure that we really upload your products for you and make sure that you're getting off on the right foot. Um, And so this is just a little thing that goes a long way in terms of making people feel, the staff feel more comfortable and trained and up to speed. And then on top of that, making sure you're getting the word out there right. And a lot of the time, if you mix in that online experience as well as that great in-store experience, and I guess a little bit of a callback to making it um, the same between the two, as at least as much as possible, you're going to create that uniform experience for them. And they're going to keep coming back because they love, they love your brand.
1: To lean into that, that bit about training and, and thinking about building those positive relationships that happen both online and in store, mm. the industry right now is talking a lot about product knowledge training. Mm. What other training, um, do you see, um, or that you help facilitate that is really impactful in the day-to-day operations of the store, and that if you were sitting in front of a brand new retailer or a retailer who hasn't opened the doors yet, you're like, I know that this probably seems like the last thing you want to focus on, but take the time, invest the day, and learn about this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so, for uh, from our point of view, we training is a is a huge. It's a huge focus for us. We have a we have a really I'm really proud of our customer support team and our onboarding team. Uh, that help stores know they know exactly what they're getting into when they start using the system, um, and we want to help business owners uh, bring on new employees and really get them to a high confidence level as fast as possible. Um, and so, by having multiple training webinars and having those resources, both in video format and in written format, it really helps them do that. It, it gives. Uh, business owners peace of mind knowing that they can bring someone in there is green line as an operating system and you can and they can um, they can be slotted in into a training webinar and like with a really a 30 minute to an hour investment you can take them from not knowing where they fit in the in the entire process to uh, de- delivering results.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and in terms of training, from our perspective, yeah, that knowledge base, just like what Albert was saying, make sure that there's video and written content for the uh, for the staff to be able to be trained on and have build that confidence, right. And if somebody comes in new, they're not uh, just thrown out to the wolves, right. <laughs> and making sure that it's really um, a hands-on process, right. Any questions, right? Concerns are dealt with right away, and that the operations then flow smoothly. And so, I guess, Krista, to your to your question. Um, what are some of the, I guess, stranger things that we train? And one of the things we do uh, look to look into is actually those user flows, right? And so we want to make sure that uh, from the um, point of contact with the marketing materials that we provide um, to the end purchase, we want to make sure that we're optimizing that. And so part of it comes with training how to actually interact with the marketing materials, how to talk about the website, how to talk about the platform, um, and these these different things. It goes. It seems really small and seems a bit ridiculous, uh, but it really goes a long way um, in terms of creating, again, that uniform experience, right, and making sure everybody's on the same page.
1: Yeah, it's creating a really great foundation that then you can build off of and leverage new opportunities when they come up. If you don't Mm -hmm. have a solid foundation, then everything can crumble really quickly. And, And so maybe that leads me to my next bit is that Where I'm based in Ontario, Um, I see a lot of new retailers and uh, we in this market are going to see a lot of new retailers opening. Um, But both of you have retailers that are in markets that are much more mature um, and have seen retailers kind of go from being brand new to now operational um, and probably gone through a couple flows in terms of where they have evolved themselves. Um, What do you think, as a service provider, that you would want to tell the new retailers who are coming, um, that you've learned since working with retailers who have gained some maturity?
0: Mm. That's a great question. Um, I can can start here. Uh, Stores need to be aware of, uh, and Krista, we were talking about this just before the call, uh, about the differentiation. Um, In Alberta, uh, it was in, in the early days the, the early stores, they managed to grab a lot of market share. And then especially like early this year, you know, late last year, there was a there was an explosion in store counts. Alberta has um, consistently has the highest store counts, the the best uh, retail cannabis retail store density um, across any of the provinces. And so at that point, stores were really uh, 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 scrambling to understand who their customers were because before you could get away w- without really doing that right just by the fact that you exist now they're setting up differentiation channels um, how to market their store their their ideas their values uh, and their products um, we're gonna see that a lot more in Ontario as well it's already happening in some key in some key cities like Toronto um, there are there are a lot of lot of stores there it's it was pretty shocking from like when I last visited um, like a year and a half ago. Um, from from Greenline's point of view, we help we help stores integrate with services that um, that can give them those kinds of insights. So if you're looking to differentiate, a uh, customer management is one of the is one of the big ones. Um, you can do that through uh, a lot of e-commerce partners as well. So like uh, Verta will have tools around that as well, and you can connect with CRMs such as Alpine IQ, uh, which is uh, one of our one of our flagship CRM integrations, and it helps them um, connect connect with customers, understand their their previous purchases, uh, and give you like better business intelligence around that Mm -hmm. yeah
2: building off that a little bit um i think the biggest thing is to really focus on that tech stack um at the end of the day um your technology is going to be the backbone of your your company i guess other than the retail location (laughs) definitely focus on uh building a scalable tech stack um so green line's absolutely phenomenal at this and you were talking about some of your integrations um, the integration hub is going to be that point of sale system, and you really have to make sure that you get it right. Um, so that's one thing that definitely to focus on, and I think it's often an afterthought. Um, I think a lot of um, time and energy goes into that physical location and making sure that it looks pretty. Um, but at the end of the day, your user or your your staff members are interacting with that point of sale every single day with that e-commerce solution, and we really hope they all work together or else you're gonna be ripping things out and putting in new things. And we saw that uh, primarily with when COVID happened um, and everything kind of shut down in store, everybody adopted click and collect really quickly, right? And then delivery rolled out here in Ontario. You have to be ready with a scalable partner and Greenline's great at that little self plug, but Virta as well, being able to uh, scale across multiple locations really fast. Um, it's gonna be key to your success and really making sure you're avoiding headaches at minimum, and then it should be a delightful experience at at its best, so.
1: Yeah, I think that we've seen a number of changes that retailers have had to go through, even if we look at the last eight months. And so setting up yourself to be agile um, and change when change might come up is a big, big part of that. Um, And then to kind of lean into that differentiation piece, like knowing your customer is, I think, the most important piece of where we're going, especially as we start to get uh, more stores in different markets. And so how do you help retailers know who their customer is? It's probably, uh, you're not sitting on the phone with them talking to them about what their customer looks like, but what kind of uh, options does your platform provide to a retailer um, to know their customer? Because I know you can look at sell through and sales data, and get a pretty good idea about some customer behavior, but maybe more specifically, Albert, you have something in mind that you would suggest retailers to look at.
0: Yeah, um, I I want to start by saying that technology is just part of the solution. There are are quantitative aspects and there are qualitative aspects that you really can't get unless you are there, right? Unless you are there, you're talking, you're observing, you are seeing, you're hearing. and uh, so I don't want that, that part to, to be lost. If you're, a, if you're a store and you don't, let's say you don't have all the data you need, uh, maybe you don't really have the tech stack, it shouldn't stop you from making those qualitative uh, assessments from understanding the industry, from even just following the news um, of, to see like where things are going, where things are, are headed, right? Are customers gonna be looking for just high THC products for the rest of time no right? We can look at other more mature market, namely the states, and we can see what those changes are going to be that like uh, the, the focusing more, more on the brands, right? More on quality. That's, that's, you know, more than a one dimensional uh, THC number, right? There's, there's going to be more parts to it. Um, uh, and, but, but from a qualitative end uh, at Greenline, we because we act as the operating system, we work to collect that customer information up front. So if, um, should a customer choose, they can provide their email, right, their, their phone number, th- any notes uh, Tender wants to add that can be there. Uh, we'll track the sales history and all of that combined can be sent off to all these other integration partners that can take that to the next level, right? So whether you want you want to provide customized experiences at that e-commerce level or whether you want to do like detailed demographic um, demographic breakdowns, on a place like Alpine IQ or in a place like Headset. Um, yeah, so we, we work to make that data really accessible uh, and get even more value to bring back to the retail owner.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from uh, the e-commerce perspective again, Albert, you're completely right when you say a lot of it is qualitative, right? You really have to know and be talking to your customers and really understand who they are. Um, and that's something that you can't really provide at the end of the day with, uh, especially with e-commerce, I guess the point is to (laughs) keep them offline or online. So um, a huge thing in terms of actually like hitting the mark though is that brand consistency, again, as we've talked about a lot today and making sure that uh, your e-commerce can support having like customized uh, photos, right? And making sure that there's that image uh, that reminds them of the in-store experience, right? Your logo, right? And that placement of products, right? And again, that's gonna come down to the product mix that you provide as well. I know a lot of retailers are differentiating based on um, pricing and, and, and lead in products and the mixes that they carry. Um, and so that's gonna be a huge thing going forward in terms of what is your, your uh, first product that you wanna to display to the, the customer. Um, and so that should all mix in with your brand and what your, your value proposition to the end customer is. And then I think the last note I want to touch on, on this is uh, marketing, right? And making sure that you can uh, communicate with that customer um, and making sure that you keep that consistent again. Um, And, and with that, you'll be able to create a really great brand experience and that differentiation at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I think that there is this really interesting piece when we talk about knowing your customers, knowing their behavior kind of first and where does that go? And both of your platforms help us better understand those behaviors, especially when we start to think about repeat transactions and uh, changes that we've seen in our inventory and how that has impacted sales or impacted the behavior of specific customers or group of customers. Um, So thank you so much for today. I am ready to go back and really think about how we service uh, customers and differentiate and then Thinking about like how we also look at other partners and bringing in a really great tech stack into retailers that will enable them to be agile moving forwards.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Krista. Thank yeah, you thank you so much, Krista.